0: Good morning. Welcome to the Church of the Palms. My name is Jack Reynolds, and I serve as a Stephen minister in our congregation. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we prepare for worship, let us bow our heads in prayer. You have wakened us from sleep and led us to this place, wondrous God. Now let us feel your presence with us as we encounter your word. Surely you have blessed us. You have drawn us together and bound us firmly to one another. We give thanks for giving us an identity as relatives and friends through Jesus Christ. In this season, we remember your unexpected appearance among us in the birth of a child. You make yourself known to us again and again. May we know you now. Amen. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit and our ears listen to his word and our voices be raised in the glory of God.
1: Today, the first Sunday of Advent, begins the ritual of lighting the candles that symbolize the light of God coming to earth. The circle of greens represent God's eternity. The candle we light today represents hope. It is the joyful expectation of God with us. Now, listen to the scripture reading from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2, 6, and 7 that prepares us for Jesus' arrival. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. We light this candle today in preparation for the coming of Christ.
2: please stand for the call to worship. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Let us worship God. We commence this Advent season to prepare not for the gift we may most want, not for the gift that is at the top of our Christmas list, but for the gift we most need. Advent tells us that we are in need of a savior, someone to reconcile us to the love of God, someone to restore our brokenness into wholeness, and the first step toward our preparation is to confess to that brokenness and that sin in our life. Let us join in our prayer confession. God of the future, you are coming in power to bring all nations under your rule. We confess that we have not expected your kingdom for we live casual lives, ignoring your promised judgment. We accept lies as truth, exploit neighbors, abuse the earth and refuse your justice in peace in your mercy forgive us grant us wisdom to welcome your way and to seek things that will endure when christ comes to judge the world in jesus name amen the lord is merciful and gracious slow To anger and abounding in steadfast love he will not always chide nor will he keep his anger forever he does not deal with us according to our sins nor requite us according to our iniquities for as the heavens are high above the earth so great is the steadfast love toward those who fear him and as far as the east is from the west so far does he remove our transgressions from us friends believe the good news of the gospel those shepherds and wise men of long ago, let us join together in what we believe by reciting together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's now take a moment to greet one another. Good morning, morning. welcome to this, the first Sunday of Advent. We are so glad you are here this morning, especially if you are visiting with us. We hope that you will find this to be a place of warmth and welcome. We are so thankful for everyone who came together here yesterday to decorate our sanctuary. Let's give them a big round of applause, yes. Hats off to Yoko Spivey for coordinating uh, the, the throngs who are here to make this into a reality, so we're delighted that we can begin what is going to be the longest Advent season, four full weeks we'll have to prepare ourselves to worship the good Lord. We invite you to fill out the friendship pads and pass those to your neighbor, and we hope that you'll take note of those who are uh, taking the journey with you on the way to Bethlehem. So, everybody's been asking me what I thought about the game yesterday. (laughs) I thought it was a good win for Michigan. (laughs) Beating Mount St. Mary's in basketball by 17 points, I thought was really, really good. You know, life is all a matter of where you direct your attention. I'm directing my attention to basketball now, so that's uh, enough said about that. Only that we just pray for those Ohio State fans to be humble, which some things God just can't do. So, anyway. We uh, would love to direct our attention to the Advent season, and you will note, beginning on page 7 of your bulletin, all of the many opportunities you have to prepare uh, for Christmas And here at Church of the Palms. We have some wonderful things in store. We have a great series, starting Wednesday night, called The King is Coming, and Dale Valrath is going to be teaching that, and you don't want to miss this, this is a great way to think about the prophecy of the king and how the king is here and the king that we wait for. Uh, what a wonderful way to prepare your hearts and minds to do that. So come and join us on Wednesday evenings at 6:30. Presbyterian women are having their Christmas tea on Friday. You can get your tickets uh, out underneath the uh, tree after the service. We also invite you to be with us on Saturday afternoon for Handel's Messiah. This is a wonderful wonderful way to be in the Advent spirit and the Christmas spirit. We are looking forward to uh, that great uh, performance and we hope that you'll get your ticket soon enough um, because those tickets usually sell out really, really quickly. So make the point to uh, check uh, the front office or under the tree and then we'll make sure that, uh, that you get a ticket. We also want to make sure you pick a December Connect magazine up on the way out the door. Please grab one, and that will give you more information about everything that's happening in this December Advent season. We also encourage you, if you did not pick up one last Sunday, to take an Advent devotional home with you. Today you begin that devotional, and you'll be reading through that during the course of the Advent season, so you won't want to miss that. And uh, last week, you heard Kathy Robinette share with us all about the food pantry and the amazing things that are happening through that ministry. Just consider this one fact. Every 10 minutes while that pantry is open, a bag of groceries leaves. Every 10 minutes. So the need is great, and we would love for you to participate with us in the food pantry. Uh, Offering those offering envelopes are available for you in your your pews, and we invite you to take one out of the rack and use that as your offering. Perhaps you did that last Sunday, but if you've not yet had the chance to do that, we would love for you to do that. On page nine of your bulletin is an update in terms of our generosity Uh, toward the end of the year. We're looking forward to uh, December as always being the greatest giving month here at Church of the Palms, and We would love for you to pay attention to what our needs are. We have about $400,000 remaining to complete our goal of giving for this year. Uh, We hope that you will keep that in mind as you consider your giving for 2016 and the end of the year. We would love for your generosity to come the direction of Church of the Palms, especially as we think about all the amazing things that we are able to do for our community And you also note that uh, we have about halfway to our challenge for our Open Palms campaign. We're looking forward to breaking ground in January, so we want to make sure that you have the opportunity up until that point to respond to that challenge. If you've not yet had a chance to uh, pledge, we invite you to grab a pledge card in the back of the uh, sanctuary or call the church office, and they would love to hear about your pledge to that great effort of building the palm center which will be back in the back 40 and having a chance to open that door wide to our community in the future so keep that in mind keep all those things in mind as we continue to be about the good work of jesus christ let us continue our worship
3: Let us pray. Gracious Father, we gather in your name this morning to worship you, to sing your praises, to hear and study your word, and to bring you our prayers and petitions. We thank you for this time in our year when, with hearts still filled with thanksgiving, we enter the holy season of Advent and immerse ourselves in the joy of the coming of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. How grateful we are that you love us so very much that you entered human history at a specific place and time and became one of us, holy man and holy God, in order to reconcile us to yourself. Lord, we don't know why some of us have been born into places of greater freedom, comfort, and opportunity than others in this world. It seems so unfair from our limited perspective. And there are times in every one of our lives when we just want to cry out, Why, O God? But we know that you are good. So we choose to leave our unanswered questions at the foot of the cross and lift up our prayers to you, knowing that you hear us and you will answer in your perfect way in time. So we pray for those who are grieving, suffering illness, or wrestling with seemingly impossible relationship issues, for those who need a financial rescue, and those who just plain need someone to wrap them in a hug. We give you thanks for the men and women in our military and the fact that we still live in a free land. We pray for all people in authority in our nation, that they would serve the people of this country with honesty integrity and selflessness holy father help each of us gathered here in your name to be the peace we want to see in the world instead of finding fault let us seek ways instead to be your hands and feet right where we are let us be filled with your spirit and remember to fill our minds with your word give us the strength to turn the other cheek the patience to be kind and not retaliate, and the courage to really and truly overcome evil with good, for we cannot do those things without you. And now we humbly join our hearts and voices in the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now let us continue our worship with the presentation of our tithes and offerings. Let us pray. Holy Father, blessed are you who endows us with the bounties of your good creation, the beauty of sunrises and sunsets, the sweet smell of freshly cut grass, the refreshing feel of a gentle spring shower and white sand between our toes, and the sight of awe inspiring skies and in a clear night sky. You provide us with homes and families, food and clothing education, work, and play. With grateful hearts we now give back to you a small portion of the riches you have so generously given to us so that others may learn that there is a God who loved the world so much that he gave his only son. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated and now we invite the children to come forward for the children's moment with Carol.
4: Okay here we come. And the kids are preparing for Advent as they're getting ready, singing songs this week for the pageant that's coming up. Hold that star way up high. Have a seat, guys. Wow. Hey, Ben. Look at that. It's a star. So it's officially here. You can sit down. It's officially here. It's the Christmas countdown, right? Okay. Did you all see the candles being lit this morning, the Lieber family that, that lit the candles? Today is the first day of Advent. And that is when we celebrate that countdown to when we celebrate the birth of Jesus. So, but it isn't hard to miss because we see all the beautiful decorations everywhere and everywhere we go, there are signs, the beautiful music and the lights. We go to the mall, we go everywhere it's on TV. But one of those special decorations, hold that up high, Piper, is the star. And you will see the star in every, where you go this holiday season because the star represents a very important part of the Christmas story. So some of you m- may have heard about the wise men, also known as the magi. These guys would, would look for the stars and they'd study the planets and the stars and every night they were looking for a sign Because the prophets told them a hundred years before to look for the sign because there would be a great leader that would be coming. So they didn't just see a bright star in the sky and follow it because they wanted to see where it took them. They knew when that big star, it was a lot bigger than this star, came into the sky. They knew that surely the Messiah was coming. So we start we start Advent when we light the first candle of Advent. We'll, we'll learn a little bit more about this upstairs, but we light that candle that means hope. And if that um, the Christmas story ended with the star leading those wise men to Jesus, it wouldn't bring us much hope for today, would it? But it doesn't end there. In fact, it hasn't ended at all. The Bible tells us that just As surely as Jesus was born 2,000 years ago, a baby in that manger, he will come again. The next time Jesus comes, he's going to take us to heaven to live with him. Now that is the message of hope. Yeah. So now, this is what the season is all about. So we, just as the Magi and the wise men watched and listened, the star would mean that Jesus was there. You and I are also watching and waiting for Jesus to come to his return. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, help us to look for signs this Christmas that remind us of the very first Christmas when our Savior was born You came to have a relationship with us and teach us your loving way. We love you, and we love to celebrate you. Please prepare our hearts with your spirit this Advent season. We love you. Amen.
2: Be seated. Advent is the season of prophets and angels, and we find both in our story this morning from Daniel chapter 6, beginning at the sixth verse. I'll only read through verse 23. But this is not an unfamiliar story, I'm sure, to most of you, but perhaps an unusual story for us to hear in the Advent season. <clears throat> so, hear the word of God that comes to us from Daniel chapter 6, beginning at the sixth verse. So the presidents and satraps conspired and came to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the prefects, and the satraps, the counselors, and the governors are, are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an interdict, that whoever prays to anyone divine or human for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be thrown into a den of lions. Now, O king, establish the interdict and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius, signed the document and interdict. Although Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he continued to go to his house which had windows in its upper room open toward Jerusalem and to get down on his knees three times a day to pray to his God and praise him just as he had done previously. The conspirators came and found Daniel praying and seeking mercy before his God. And then they approached the king and said, concerning the interdict, O king, did you not sign an interdict that anyone who prays to anyone, divine or human, within 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be thrown into a den of lions? The king answered, the thing stands fast according to the law, of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they responded to the king, Daniel, one of the exiles from Judah, Pays no attention to you, O king, or to the interdict you have signed, but he is saying his prayers three times a day. When the king heard the charge, he was very much distressed. He was determined to save Daniel, and and until the sun went down, he made every effort to rescue him. And then the conspirators came to the king and said to him, Know, O king, that it is the law, the Medes, and the Persians, that no interdict or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. And the king gave the command, and Daniel was brought and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you faithfully serve, deliver you. A stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, that the signet of his lord, so that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. And then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No food was brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Then, at break of day, the king got up and hurried to the den of lions, and when he came near the den where Daniel was, he cried out anxiously to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you faithfully serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? Daniel then said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me because I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king, I have done no wrong. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O oh Lord, that even as we pray this day, that you would hear our prayers, and that you would allow whatever feeble words should come to point to the word just read and to the Word made flesh that we may understand more of who you are in the midst of the company of lions. For this we pray in Christ's name, amen. Maybe one of the most important things to know about yourself is something that is told at the very beginning of the Bible. At the very beginning of the Bible, the truth that gets told about you, and not just about you, but of all of creation, is that before the world came into being, and thus before you came into being, when there was no form or substance, what we are told is that the Spirit of God, or the wind of God, hovered over the deep. The Hebrew word for spirit or wind is the word ruach. The world was created through the ruach of God. It was the ruach of God that hovered over the deep. We were created in and through the Spirit of God. And what that means is that as created beings, we are this mysterious confluence of dust and spirit, of earth and wind, of flesh and ruach. It was God's ruach that brought together the dust of the earth to make you and me. In fact, not long after the creation, when the waters were unleashed again upon the world in Genesis 8, we are told that it was God's ruach that blew over those waters that brought creation back to life. It's how creation happens, and it's how creation happens again, through the wind, through the spirit, through the ruach of God. Remember when the disciples got together with Jesus after the, resu- resu- the resurrection, and they were to re- march on Jerusalem, they thought, march on Rome, and Jesus said to them, oh no, oh no you don't, you've got to wait, you have to wait for the wind, you have to wait for the spirit, you have to wait for the power, you have to wait for the Ruach of God. That's how you will become, Jesus said, new creations, when the Ruach of God enters you when you become not just flesh. Because just as flesh you are scared little men, you must wait for the wind of God to fill you and make you into something you cannot be on your own. This same word, ruach, is the word that's used in that great story that we remember from Sunday school long ago when Joshua is leading the people of Israel in the effort to overtake Jericho. And you remember how Joshua orders the people of Israel to surround that city and to march around that city for seven days, and the priests are to blow their horns, and they do that for seven days, and Joshua tells the people that they are not to shout until the seventh day, and upon his orders they shall finally shout. So the seventh day comes, and Joshua gives his order, and the scripture says that the people gave ruach. They shouted, they participated in the Spirit of God, in the wind of God, and the walls came tumbling down. You see, we are dust and we are spirit. We are earth and we are wind. We are flesh and we are ruach. Now it is this fact, this basic truth about creation and the new creation that helps us to understand this great story of Daniel in the lion's den because it is early in the story before we read our lesson this morning. It's early in the story when we are told that Daniel, an exiled Jew living in a foreign land serving in the court of a foreign king, we are told that Daniel distinguished himself because an excellent spirit was within him. An excellent spirit was within him. The word is ruach. An exceptional, extraordinary, excellent ruach was within him. It was this ruach that made Daniel who he was. The spirit distinguished him. Is it safe then to surmise that earlier in Daniel's life, he had recognized this fundamental point of his creation, that we are nothing without the Spirit of God, that the Spirit of God hovered over the depths of Daniel's creation, and it became Daniel's life and practice and discipline to avail himself of this excellent ruach of God. So at the beginning of Daniel's story, we read of how the foreign king insisted that Daniel eat from his menu of food. And wine, but Daniel defies the king and sticks to the kosher laws because he knows that he is more than just flesh, he is spirit. It matters what he eats, not because of his body, but because of his spirit. So in chapter 6, when the satraps and the presidents get the foolish old king to change the rules around so that everyone now has to pray to him, the king, Daniel remembers his own beginning, he remembers who he is, and who he is is Ruach. And there was no one he's going to pray to except to the one who blew the wind of his spirit into him. And don't you wonder if it was this spirit, this extraordinary ruach that was with him. Don't you wonder if this was the very thing that kept those lions away. It says an angel, but don't you wonder if it wasn't already the angel that was in Daniel? That it wasn't as much the angel was doing something to the lions, it was the angel who for a long time had been doing something to and within Daniel. Because you see, the truth of the matter is that Daniel was in the den of lions long before he was in the den of lions. Daniel was in the company of lions way back in chapter one. For the first time, they asked him to save his skin. Save your skin, they said. Eat whatever the king puts in front of you. Save your skin. And Daniel says, It's not my skin I'm worried about, it's my spirit I'm worried about. Because I'm more spirit than skin. I'm more wind than earth. I am more ruach than dust. Daniel of the excellent spirit. Remember when Jesus got pegged up on the cross and the chief priest came along and said to Jesus, If you are the Son of God, if you're the Son of God, what? Save your skin. And Jesus says, (laughs) you don't get it. It's not my skin I'm worried about. It's my spirit. It's the rock. And what does Jesus say at the very end of it all? Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Jesus of the excellent spirit. Do you know the name Talia Laman? Talia Laman was a good Jewish girl from Milwaukee, Iowa. In her first few years, surrounded by her family, she thought everybody in the world was Jewish and never really gave thought the world being anything different than that but then the night before she went to her first day of school her parents sat her down and told her that when she went to school the next day for the first time it was going to be a public school and she would likely be the only jew in the entire school the only jew what's a young jewish girl from iowa to do Talia explains that when she got this news from her parents, she secretly scavenged through the house for every kippah or yarmulke she could find, and she matched them to the outfit she was planning to wear the first week. Proudly, she walked into the school the first day, donning her kippah, and by the end of the first day, she recounts everybody in her 600-student school knew she was the only Jewish girl. A few years later, she got to the ripe old age of 10, Hurricane Katrina decimated the Gulf Coast and submerged New Orleans in a sea of water. Talia noticed a little girl in her neighborhood selling lemonade to raise money for relief for Katrina. She noticed, though, more cars are driving past than were stopping, so she got the idea that she could unleash, perhaps, the power of kids with the upcoming holiday of Halloween. Every kid, she thought, participates in Halloween, so she put together a relief effort called TLC, Trick or Treat for Levy Catastrophe. imagined if she could get the word out to kids across the country while they were trick-or-treating maybe they could raise donations for new orleans and maybe out of that they could raise a good bit of money she imagined 10 years old of course she imagined 10 a million dollars she dreamt of a million dollars well she was wrong she raised 10 million dollars or should i say her army of fellow children raised 10 million dollars ranked among the top five of all corporate donors to Kirtina Relief. From there, Talia, the good Jewish girl from Waukee, Iowa, developed an organization called Random Kids, whose mission it is to link kids who have ideas to help a certain need in the world with other kids who have the same kind of idea. Random Kids brings together between 50,000 to 100,000 kids a year to work on helping the world. Talia of the excellent spirit. I like the story of the little girl who was drawing a picture and her mother came in to see her drawing and asked her what she was drawing. She said, I'm drawing God. Oh, honey, the mother replied, no one knows what God looks like. To which the little girl replied, they will when I'm through. she of the excellent spirit. The Irish in me makes me always remember the story of St. Patrick, remember how long before he was a saint. He was a slave, six years a slave, but in those six years of slavery, young Patrick began to pray, having lost hope that his skin would be saved. He prayed, said St. Patrick in his life confession as I prayed, the love of God, And his fear increased in me more and more, and the faith grew in me, and the Spirit was roused, so that whilst in the woods and on the mountains, even before the dawn, I was roused to prayer and felt no hurt from it, because the Spirit was ever fervent within me. The Spirit was ever fervent within me. After six years, the Spirit's fervency led him to run away from his captors. He stole away back to England where he submitted to training for the priesthood. And then he heard the voice of God that told him to go right back to his captors. To Ireland where he brought about, some say, the conversion of a country. We are more spirit than flesh. We are more wind than earth. We are more ruach and skin, so says St. Patrick of the Excellent Spirit. So how goes your spirit? Lord knows there's lots of lions out there, lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Lots of circumstances that might make us think we are outnumbered, lots of reasons to think that we we might lose our skin. And if it is your skin you're worried about, well then you've got a whole lot to be afraid of. You have a whole lot of lions you can make up. All those things that might make you worried, your bank account, your next doctor's appointment, the stock market, what college you're going to, the leak in the roof in your garage, the strange sound coming from the motor of your car, the state of the economy, the direction of the country, all those things that make you worried. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're surrounded by lions. But whose den is this? Whose den is this anyway? Who was hovering over the face of the deep when you were a gleam in your father's eye? Who was shouting down the walls of Jericho? Who was making lions into pussycats? Who was wearing her kippah on the first day of school? Who was praying to the God of his own choosing? Whose den is this? Because you know what they say? They say that when Jesus was born, that he was probably born in a den, probably born in a cave. And just a couple of miles away... Old, cruel King Herod was holding court, and up in Rome, old, cruel Caesar Augustus was holding court, lions and tigers and bears, oh my. But when Jesus was born, wasn't it the Spirit of God that was hovering over the face of that deep night, the Spirit of God hovering over that heavenly host, the Spirit of God asking, whose den is this? Isn't that the Advent question St. Patrick of old used to say? I rise today in, in spirit strength, in power strength. Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ within me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ to the right of me, Christ to the left of me, Christ in my lying, in my sitting, in my rising, Christ in the heart of all who think of me, Christ in the heart and the tongue of all who speak to me, Christ in the eye of all who see me, Christ in the ear of all who hear me, I rise today in spirit's strength. Whose den is this anyway? This is Talia's den. This is Daniel's den. This is Jesus' den. This is Ruach's den. This is your den and mine. And they will most certainly know what God looks like when we're through